Hello and welcome to the Science Fiction Book Review Podcast. My name is Luke Burridge and this is the show where I review every single science fiction book that I read as I read it. There's no set schedule, it's just whenever I finish a book, I do the review, stick it up here on the podcast feed for everyone to download and listen to. Uh, joining me today, like normal, is Juliana. Say hello, Juliana. Hello, everyone. And uh, it's good that there's no set schedule because... Uh, no. <laughs> but also it's good that I do reviews when I finish a book because I started another book before this. Let's get on to, let's get on to today's book in a bit. Okay. But there was a previous book that has been recommended actually a few times now on the books I would like to see reviewed thread on the SFBRP listener group over on goodreads.com okay. which everyone should get over to because this is one of the best ways for me to review a book in fact the book that we're going to talk about today was also recommended there as well by a ah, few people okay. but one of the books that people said well you should check out Remnant Population by Elizabeth Bear mm. Moon Elizabeth Moon mm. Uh, I think that's her name. Yes, Elizabeth. I mean, I didn't finish it. It was one of those books that as I was getting into it, I was like, this could either be a five star book or I'm not going to finish it because like, there was, oh, there was okay. some good stuff there. Okay. So I, I think maybe partly was what I went into it knowing nothing about it. Just that a few people have said, oh, it's actually a really good book. Okay. And, uh, and there's a book about these people who are like these like slave class people or not slaves but you know like uh what do you call it indentured indentured workers indentiture indentiture workers on a and they're you know they're working on a on a planet and then they all left and the old woman was like oh fuck this i'm staying behind (laughs) okay and so she stays behind as being the only humans um on this planet okay uh and, and then, and then like, the story about oh, just just okay. annoying like oh just an old woman doing stuff and i was like wow this is like one of the least relatable kind of characters and i know i should really care about old women who are stranded who decide to strand themselves on a planet by themselves but so tedious and then some aliens turned up and she treated them like she started treating them like an old woman would treat sort of like pesky children who were kind of getting in the way oh, and i was like oh right no. i can see what's going on here and i was like wow we're still only like 10 percent of the way in the oh. book <laughs> And it felt like, it honestly felt like that would, if, if I'd have stopped there, it would have felt like, oh, this is a really good short story. Yes. And I would have been okay. like, oh, that's good. But, but there was, you continued? There, no, I didn't no. continue. No, it just wasn't for me at all. Okay. I didn't continue. So, and it actually reminds me of another book by Elizabeth Moon that we did actually review. It was called Beggars in Spain, which was a short story. And I didn't, I didn't get through that book either. So Elizabeth was, Moon, it, maybe it's not. So aggra- that first part of the story so aggravated me. And I was like, oh, that felt like just... Then I looked it up and that was also originally a short story or a novella or whatever it was. Uh, that, okay. And we actually read the, or I read the first part of that story. Anyway, so thank you very much to everyone who suggested uh, Elizabeth Moon, Remnant Population. Again, it could have been a five-star book for me. And in the end, I didn't finish it. So I'm not going to give it any rating. Yes. Just turns out not a book for me. That um, happens. Wasn't what I wanted. Um mm. I always find it difficult when somebody writes science fictional stuff and the character that they're following in the novel just, is just not interested in anything science fictional. Mm. You know, like mm. it can, that can work. It they can live work. in a science fictional world. They're looking at but... with zero curiosity. They're like, no, mm. aliens turn up. Care about this. This should be the most exciting mm. thing that's ever happened to you. And she's kind of just like, an, like mostly annoyed by them. And you're like, they're meant okay. to be dangerous. They killed these other humans who turned up. It's meant to be really bad. And she's sort of like, stop dripping water on the floor and i'm like really that's anyway so again it could have been it could have been good didn't work for me now okay um so let's get to today's book um but you might have missed the best part of this book then i don't care i'm never gonna get to it life (laughs) is short like i spent two weeks trying to get into that book okay like every time i was listening to it i was like yeah let's listen to it and just falling asleep immediately and then but there was never that moment where i'm like oh this isn't it was never like passive reading but then it was never really gripping me as it was going through. that was never like the moment of 
oh, I can't put this. I yeah, mean, there was never, there down, was never, I can't, can't put this book. It was always a, I'm putting this book down at the next opportunity <laughs> kind of book. Okay. So that's why it's been quite a while since the last episode, yes. because I struggled to get into this previous book. Right. Um, we're doing this podcast today. Yes. And we have just uh, just got back from Juliana's um, uh, second, second, second vaccine. vaccine shot. Yes. Your first and one I'm, was like nine weeks ago. I'm special. Why is that? Why are you special? Because I'm cross vaccinated. Oh yeah, yeah. You started off with a with a AstraZeneca, and then you got now you just had your BioNTech one. And no, just, what was it? Yeah. No, was that the right? The, Corminati, how it's called. That's the that's Pfizer BioNTech the ne- kind of thing. Yes. So. Anyway, uh, because I got the first vaccine. Yeah. And everything was fine. And the day after, everybody was like, "Oh no, there's a yeah, vaccine. Li- Stop!" Uh, yeah, it nobody was the blood gets clots, this anymore. It? And I thought, like, what? It the was literally hell? two days after you got your vaccine, wasn't yes. it? Yes. I now have this in me. Yeah. Now you're saying, oh, we are going to stop giving people this vaccine. Yeah. And nobody said anything. I uh, got my vaccine oh, on Wednesday, which is three days, pressure. two days ago, mm. two days ago. Yeah. And, uh, and, I, and I got my AstraZeneca vaccine, the one that you're not allowed anymore, or not the one that you're not allowed anymore. But one that's, but it's I'm, not recommended. But I'm old enough and male enough that they're like, oh, no, you're not in the risk group. And I'm like, oh, great, because I'm old and male. Yes. I, well, basically what happened is It was is 14 because, above, wasn't it? No, it's still oh, recommended for 60 and older. Oh, is it? Okay. But because um, nobody wants this vaccine yeah. anymore and there's too much vaccine now. So yeah. they can say, OK, um, if you make a risk yeah. assessment for yourself, you talk to your doctor. Yeah. They talk to you. They know you. Whatever. Uh, yeah. And then you can make a, the, an informed decision. OK, I get this anyway. Yeah. And in, in, in our situation, Look, this is I the really best. don't want to get into this. No. This I was literally just wanting to get yeah. into this saying just that like wanna... if we either of us have a little bit of low energy, uh, Juliana obviously doesn't have low energy because no. she's like going. I'm at, really wait until Wait it. until this evening. Anyway, this oh, vaccine yes. knocked me out. Like I was yeah. like two nights ago, I was I was really going through it. Chills. And, and at the same time, I was listening to this audiobook because I couldn't sleep. Yes. And because I normally, normally I, you know, Juliana, we, we go to bed, Juliana can fall asleep by half past 11 or something. Yeah. And normally I'm just awake in bed for an extra hour, just, you know, uh, watching YouTube videos, yeah. reading stuff on the internet and then listening to audiobooks. And that's why I'm normally awake until like half past 12 or whatever it is, like an extra one. This time I was awake until half past three because i was sweating no no first of all i was freezing yes i was like snuggling up to you. i was like can i snuggle up to you and you're like in oh, a, you're it was a, too annoying you, you were I was freezing physically cold. hot i was freezing cold and oh, you i was didn't wanting have, you didn't have a fever though, no, i make sure with that yeah, but... yeah we checked there was a fever and then because i was literally ch- shivering i was so cold yes. or feeling cold i probably oh, yeah. wasn't cold yeah uh, so i got a hot water bottle and then like an hour later i was boiling hot and like you know <laughs> just stripping off all the clothes i put on because i was there. anyway so what i want to say is that uh, and i I want to start off this um, this uh, this review with this. I didn't want to get into which vaccines we had, but yeah. the point is, I listened to the the climax or like the the main section of the end of this book <laughs> while I was going through shivers and sweats of you know of my of my first Your vaccine shot of my immune system was going- like. What was that Going tweet hot. that I read, which was, uh, which is like, yeah, my body was doing the training montage yes. of like getting ready Inside to fight. Yes, that was my, what my body was doing. So I want to just say that, look, I know that any time that you read, uh, there's this thing that like when I'm on a plane and you're feeling all, you know, you all emotional, the, the high altitude, yeah. uh, what is it, the, the, 
the the sensory the, the higher crude lac what's it lacrimosity syndrome where you, everyone cries on planes yes. and movies and stuff like that so there's many movies which i've watched on a plane like this is amazing i'll cry and then i watch it later and oh, actually that's not <laughs> is it just because special. i was but also there's some things i'll watch on a plane and i'm kind of you know you're a bit frustrated and you're like all i wanted was a dumb monster movie and this wasn't the dumb monster movie that yes. i wanted and then you so switch over and watch another movie and you're like more... this is the perfect one <laughs> uh, there was one where i was i was trying to watch um the incredibles Two, the second one. Yeah. Incredibles is one of my favorite Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. I think it's like up there, and definitely within the top five Pixar movies. Mm-hmm. And I tried watching Incredibles two, and it was so annoying because it's now these, you know, John Lasseter and those guys. I don't know if it's John Lasseter, but these guys are all like, um, you know, baby boomers, mm. 60, 60 year old guys who thirty years ago, when they're making, you know, when they're making Toy the Story cool new movies, yeah, yeah. they're making these good. And now all these movies are just sort of like baby boomer issues from the point of view of old men. Mm. And I'm like, I wanted like some fun kids movie. Yeah. And it was terrible. And at one point, and then I tried watching it a second time, and I was like, oh, let's get back into this. And literally, the scene opened with. Um, a cocktail party with people sitting around on couches drinking drinks at a cocktail party. Mm. It switched to um, uh, ridiculing young people for being enthusiastic about things on the internet. Yeah. Switched to um, something where, like, there was some televisions or, and it was like people, kids' brains were being re- reprogrammed or people's brains being reprogrammed by televisions. Mm. And then a chase sequence set to big band music. And I'm like, who is this for? Like, who is this movie for? Yes. It's like, and I was so, so angry at it. I'm like, I don't want people sitting around at cocktail parties, television anxiety, and ridiculing young people for being enthusiastic about things on the internet. And so I switched over and watched um, the Lego movie too. And it was literally the opposite. It was pop. <laughs> music Whoa, it was like modern day pop music yes. about children playing games and being enthusiastic and just everybody like loving lego and being like and too like the whole we should actually watch it because yes, the, the whole thing is is taking place in two different worlds at the same time we're it's gonna take, watch it right after this oh is, it, is, that, is that what i we just made do? a decision okay i won't talk anything more about it yes. so anyway the vi the feeling that i have sometimes accentuates what i feel about a movie yes. that i'm watching and, and this is one of the first times that i had feeling the same kind of thing about this book yeah was i in a state where i could feel more emotional and like cry at the moments of the movie and be really into the the, the emotional moments of a movie more than i would normally yes. do yes. like i remember watching the um the lion king this recent uh, remake of the, the animation yeah. version yeah although this is still animated it's just you know cgi, CGI yeah photorealistic stuff and on the plane um, uh, I didn't know Beyonce was doing the voice of one of the things and then oh. like, these lions start running across the plane and Beyonce starts singing on the plane. I'm like, and Beyonce starts singing to me. And then when I watched He's it again with you, right now. Yeah, when I watched it with you, I was like, oh, that was garbage. Beyonce just doesn't fit in this movie because it's all like, again, it goes back to that big band music influence into the theatre, like musical theatre. Yeah. And and then they take that and then they're going on top. And then in this one, like... Um, yeah, the basis it, of this yeah, movie yeah, like, like, comes from a different time. It comes from a different time. Yeah. And the 1990s, they were just doing Broadway musicals on stage. And now yeah. they're like, oh, let's get in... Um, who's the guy who did the who, who did they bring in as a musical director on top of that mm. um, who's oh, the guy yeah. who did the happy Pharrell Williams so they yeah. brought him on as a musical producer mm. and then brought and, and he's not a musical theatre person yeah. and then they brought Beyonce who is singing opposite um, uh, what's the guy's name 
from Community, the guy who's the, 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 the uh, 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 Lando uh, Calrissian in the new movie. Anyway, uh, I don't what's know his names. Name? I don't know the name either. Anyway, him. Good singer, but doesn't compete against Beyonce. Can't compete against Beyonce. Yeah. Isn't also a musical theatre guy. Like, yeah. Again, they went for... I don't know what they were doing with the casting or the musicals. Yeah. And it's just a, like musically that movie is a mess. It's burdened under the weight of like yes, eight because, different musical styles. Yes, because the, the, they didn't change anything in the... Like the story and the way this yeah. is set up is stays the same. No, and it's, it's all set up just, the same way. You, you just do different music on top. But but, but, but animated like a, animals... It's like, one, it's, it's like churches where they have okay you yeah, have yeah, the, yeah. the ancient church with the big big boulders and yeah, then yeah. you have uh, the, it's layers and layers of of conflicting of musical then, yeah. influences and here they put Beyonce <laughs> and Farrell Williams yeah. on top of Hans Zimmer doing the score yeah. um, Elton John writing the music uh, doing the music the yeah. Tim Rice doing the lyrics yeah. and who there was someone else who did like the African choral parts yes. you know the and the uh, different yeah, yeah, singing yeah, of, from South African was it Lebo something can't remember uh, anyway so the original the original movie had four different composers and music writers yes. working on it yeah. and somehow it came together to win Oscars yeah. and this next one they layered on top like another three layers on top yeah. of that and yeah, it yeah. didn't work at all and I'm like oh when I watched it on the plane I was in tears at this moment <laughs> and when I watched it with you I was sort of like wow this musically this this movie is a complete mess still looks beautiful but it's a complete yeah. mess anyway yeah. so let's get to the today's book this is going back to these different um, different things this is how yeah. I, that Luke I'm setting was up in the, in the, in the the stage of I was emotional. In this. However, let's yeah. go back to when I first started reading this book. Oh, wait, we haven't actually mentioned what the book is yet. Nope. So we're I talking don't, still about. Don't know. We're talking. We're talking about the doors. Thirteen minutes into it. <laughs> it's not fourteen minutes in. I'm going to actually say the title of the book. Yeah. The Doors of Eden by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Again, another book that's been recommended a few times. People say, yes. "Hey, are you going to get to this book?" And you've read books by him before. Yes, this was is that related to the other series you've read before? Uh, let me get onto that. Okay. This is um, published. Uh, uh, the Doors of Eden, published August 20th, 2020. So it's, it's a year Reason, old. Yeah. Didn't get around to it. The previous books that I read uh, last few over the last few years, I read The Children of Time in mm. 2017, and I rated it four stars. Uh, weirdly enough, my memory of this book is way higher. Again, so, I think yeah. if I listen back to it, I'm like, oh, everyone says it was great. It's just, it's just um, what is it? The, uh, the um, Children of... I can't remember. Anyway, it felt to me very, very similar to two previous books that I've read. Yes. One of which was the um, the uh, the deepness in the sky. Yeah. Because it's someone, the people in orbit looking down at the spider people down below. It's it's that it's that kind of like playing kind in the same kind yeah. of space with a bit of the um, the crucible of time. Yeah. Uh, by John Brunner, which is sort of like people going, ah, shit, there's stuff happening in space. We need to, you know, we need to as a as a society, not as a society, as a civilization, we need to get up into space, and it's told over many, many generations. Yes, and so it's those two kind of things put together into Children of Time. I gave it four stars, um, and then Children of Ruin, which is Children of Time number two, I read in 2019, which I think it came out about that time, uh, again by Adrian Tchaikovsky, and it's kind of like a follow-up book, mm -hmm. but it's uh, it's related. It's sort of like similar kind of setup. It's set in the same world, yeah. but this time octopuses instead of spiders, yes. and uh, we're going on. An adventure and it, I thought it was very very good better and than the you first gave book it then... 4.5 stars Ooh, okay. so you're like okay Adrian Tchaikovsky four four and a half Fitz, stars Fitz Luke's um, yeah can write in a style that Luke Re likes it. I really enjoyed his books yeah and uh, so now we come up to The Doors of Eden not a follow up book to these at all okay however 
um, I say they're related in a way in that Adrian Tchaikovsky is, um, let me have a look here. Uh, Adrian Tchaikovsky was born in Lincolnshire and studied zoology and psychology at Reading before practicing law in Leeds. That's fun. Um, fun so, combination. Yeah, zoology and psychology. So what re- he does really, really well in those other books is take like, we're going we're gonna to do this uplift evolution yeah. kind of thing. You know, we're going to yeah. take some, in this case, spiders. In fact, what it was meant to be in the first book, the setup of that book was that we're going to get monkeys and we're going to uplift the monkeys we're hmm. going to give them this virus that makes them more intelligent and we're yeah. going to put them on this planet yeah. and they're going to be our so like, like in, servitors uh, they're our slaves planet of the apes uh, no nothing like no. planet of okay. the apes okay oh, go. no nothing like planet of the apes except for the virus that makes people yeah, th- th- more that's intelligent. what i mean okay but the setup is different no yes the setup different is different but the, the but way that what th- they there's do a with... mistake and instead of infecting the in, in, instead of infecting the uh, the apes they infect spiders and then the spiders are down there and, okay and ants as well they they're spiders and ants Spans, spiders and ants but mostly spiders cool. there okay um, and then the same kind of thing with we not uh, not the same kind of thing. a similar kind of thing with the octopus like how oh, are we going to make these octopuses more intelligent and, mm-hmm breed them up so it's uplifting yeah in that case however what he the real strength of that is take something which is alien or non-human yeah and then work out what the psychology of that of, of that those the, and the, how the species society would, would be like yeah. yeah over long periods of time like these these books are set or you know especially the first book the children of time book is set over many many generations yeah of uh you know spiders becoming more and more intelligent and more and more capable yeah so one of his main strengths i would say is like alternate versions of intelligent life okay unencumbered by human interactions because in these books the idea is that the humans don't get involved and they're just leaving the leaving the spiders and the octopuses to do their own things yeah which is cool yes um and in here in this this one same kind of thing however they're not it's not that the humans are doing this they're the setup is that uh there was alternate timelines where other species of, of, of evolved, evolved into intelligence before humans no Un- instead of humans no kind of Besides it's, it's difficult humans? <laughs> it's difficult because you could say before humans and without humans the so the way that works is this is that uh I, I can't remember if this is actually explicitly mentioned in the book but it's kind of mentioned they're like ah oh, the the universe what's dark matter you know we was talking about like there's where where's there's all the stuff missing in between there's stuff in between or where's all the missing mass in the yes. universe now like actually this missing mass is in alternate timelines I, again i'm not quite maybe i'm misremembering this about the okay. book but the idea being is sort of like if we're only seeing 10 percent of the mass of the universe it mm-hmm. means only 10 percent of the universe is is, is here mm-hmm. and we need to work out where this other energy is and it turns out there's like 10 other timelines or okay. however many other timelines there are yeah um not infinite timelines like you get in many of these books but discrete timelines okay and each of these discrete timelines has it has split off from our own timeline in a, in a different moment or maybe our timeline has split, has off, from, has split yeah. off from one of those it's not again not not entirely clear uh, how it works until much later on in the book and i'm not gonna you know not gonna talk about what happens at the end of the book mm. um so uh, so they so the setup is this like ah oh, okay with these two kids uh mal and lee mm-hmm. um two teenage girls who are you know childhood friends or school friends or whatever and then they get, then they become you know partners in uh, lovers and also partners in uh hunting down cryptids you know the uh, ah. uh cryptozoology in other words searching for the loch ness monster okay and searching for bigfoot although they're not they're in the in the uk in england <laughs> okay um 
And so they're like, hey, let's go down to this. We heard about these birdmen down in Bodmin Moor, the birdmen of Bodmin Moor. Okay. And they meant to see something in a newspaper report. And they go down and they're like, oh, there's this there's this circle of stones called the six stones. Mm. But there's only three stones. And the, the legend is, oh, sometimes there's six stones. People go along there and they think there's six stones, but there's actually only three stones. Okay. And so they go there. And of course, the, the stone circle is... A portal into another into world. Into another world. Okay. Into another world. Yes. And uh, and Mal gets sucked into that world or, or gets trapped in that world and doesn't come oh, back. No. Lee comes back, and then four years later, other stuff happens. But what the other? But really, it re- it goes to show that there are portals through into other worlds, and in those other worlds can be or ha- there have been mm-hmm. um, different uh, intelligent creatures, and the right. Birdman. Uh, the birdmen are like the the existing strand of dinosaurs. Oh, I see. Um, and they sometimes go across through the portal, they, which they, is why they, they then can appear go on across the, the portal. Which is why then then they appear on the yeah. what's the moor? Bodmin Moor. Bodmin Moor. Bodmin Moor. There's also other. Uh, if you if you know the Hounds of the Baskervilles, I think yeah. Bodmin Moor is where they where the Baskervilles live. So ah, you get the okay. hounds there and stuff. Yeah. So if you know, yeah. It's a, if you know your uh, haunted area, a haunted area, haunt, haunted. Well, it, haunted. Or is it haunted. haunted? Or is it haunted? I don't. To be honest, I don't remember exactly what the the outcome of Hounds of the Basketball was because it's it's one of those stories. That yes. You, wait. You read, which? What's the original? What is the original yes. story here? And I think I read it once, and it, I got a bit confused, and it Hounds wasn't that great. I thought. Um, Baskerville. But this this place actually exists. Like it does exist here. And There's so now. many different retellings of sh- the all no, of the these more, Sherlock Holmes stories. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Um, There's like that thing that I mentioned on the podcast. You know, Sherlock is garbage, and here's why, or something like that. And they were talking about, oh yeah, this this character who was you know, yeah, it was. Um, but no, uh, the more that is real, that exists. Uh, oh, Dartmoor in Devon. So yeah, Dartmoor. Yeah, they're all down. They're all down Dartmoor, in Devon. I Dartmoor know, and Bodmin. No, Bodmin. I guess Bodmin must be. Uh, Bodmin is Cornwall. But anyway, so but, I'm getting mixed up. But it exists. We can literally go there. Bodmin. Yes. I've been okay. To, the the British Juggling Convention in 2007 was in. Um, it was in Bodmin. Oh. So if you oh, ever cool. want to go to Bodmin Moor, we can go to Bodmin Moor. Anyway. Cool. Here's the thing. Yes. Going back to oh so so oh, so when we get into it we get more into the book mm. we we get different viewpoint characters there's like eight different viewpoint characters in this book okay um, which I'm not going to go into all of them here uh, but what happens is that these cracks between the worlds yeah these these uh, doors Portal doors things. of Eden uh, these doors that uh. Uh, go go between the worlds yes so it's something is currently going wrong and the the doors Oops. are opening more more often yeah and more uh uncontrolled or not in the same way as normal yeah so there's more crossing between and to give away a little bit what happens in the book is that some scientists work out oh if this carries on the entire universe is going to collapse and everything's <gasps> going to collapse back down oh, no. to the original timeline only the original timeline will exist and which one is it? Well, they don't yeah. know. They're not quite sure which it is, but well, they know it's probably not, not like ours. it's probably not ours. Is probably not the original timeline. Yes. So, uh, okay. so that's something to to look out for in the book. Okay. And then it becomes an adventure of we need to get ourselves 
there's other forces going on there's some other things but in the end all the characters need to get together mm. to go to the original timeline to mm. to to sort out the the, the portal the, situa- the, the portal situation right. not the portal situation but the un- instability but the, yes the portal instability okay so to bring it back to what Adrian Tchaikovsky does really well yeah. is set up all of these different um zoologies zoologies and yeah. things and at the beginning of every chapter there's like 10 chapters or 17 chapters I can't remember but he he does this little like explanation extract from a book by this University of California uh, um, person saying um, uh, uh, what is it speculative speculative alternative timelines or something yeah, like that yeah and one of them is the speculate the the the, the earlier speculation is these trilobites so the Precambrians or is it the Cambrians or whatever it is anyway one of them where there's a Cambri like multicellular life and the first things that we like the first fossils that we have are these trilobites yes. Um, what happens if those trilobites went on to become intelligent and and started going along yeah. and they, in the end the trilobites make it into space and they never die they just keep growing bigger and bigger and bigger uh, okay you know like these um you know, crustaceans like lobsters they just yes. keep growing like yeah. they, they don't yeah, they know yeah. they don't die they grow to 100 you get these lobsters <laughs> oh this lobster is 140 years old and it's just massive you know yeah um so that that's the kind of thing going on there yeah and then they're like oh what about the some other dinosaurs and you know it tells it tells the uh the 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 uh, the histories, like these little plotted, like alternate histories of what these things are. And of course, the great thing is, is that as you read them, you're like, oh, I can't wait to meet, th- to meet them, to meet some of these ones. <laughs> and then in the and, chapters, always then you meet them. And when they turn up and I was like, oh, I can't wait to meet the, the space trilobites. And then one of them turns up over London, which is, is grown to the size of a London borough. They say it's like, like you know, it's like two kilometers across and it just <laughs> just appears in space like this. And it's, it's billion, like it's, you know, millions or billions. This, this trilobite is what, three hundred hundred million years old or something like wow, that. Wow, okay. And turns up and uh, yeah, so uh, uh, so <laughs> as you're going through you're like, oh, I can't wait to meet these things. And you don't meet you don't meet all of them. There's yeah. some of these that don't meet, but the and they all have their different names like mm. the bird people have got one and then you've got the one of them is called the warriors and you're like, oh, the warriors are going to and you, then actually you never meet the warriors. These lemur that like instead of monkeys getting like instead of a chimpanzee kind of people getting yeah. there, it's lemurs who do it. And there's another one where one of my favorite ones is the uh, the uh, hedonists they're, they're right. called okay. um, and they are cats big cats now <laughs> you know these uh uh, cats have what is it this plasmotoxosis thing where they have uh, this uh, um, fungus or bacteria or virus in them yeah. which makes other people care, like love the cats more have you seen you, you know about this kind no. of stuff what Assume, cats make people love them because they have viruses yeah in them. yeah you, you, oh, okay. you can catch you can catch viruses or something from your cats which makes you do you not know about this uh, well I know that, that if you get scratches from your cat you should really go to the doctor in case you get yeah. some blood poisoning um but i didn't know that uh, cat literally makes you love toxo, them toxoplasma is a disease that results from the infection with toxoplasmatic gondoparasite one of the world's most common parasites infection usually occurs but uh mm, cat feces you get it from anyway maybe i'm getting the wrong the crazy cat lady stereotypes not there could be some actual psychological risk from hanging around so many kittens uh Maybe the toxoplasmosis thing is, uh, is, it, is it, the effects of to- toxoplasmosis on human behavior. Is it uh, a, a real thing or a pseudo thing? Might now be a that I'm looking both. at this, I'm not sure. Um, but 
But let's just say cats can make anyway, you love this, them. This book, the cats uh, accidentally at first use this way to tr- to get apes to do their bidding to get the. So at the time when like you're thinking like the, it actually starts off this chapter and you think, oh, this is the chapter when the apes take over and yeah, like we start the, the apes. Are, nah, it's not. It's not Homo erectus. It's the Homo erectus get infatuated by cats and then the cats just make the entire animal kingdom kingdom just work for them by slowly infecting them species after species <laughs> by species. And they're the headness because they just hang around like they're intelligent but just don't give a shit and yeah, so, anyway like cats. what i really enjoyed about this this uh, uh the, the all these chapter like these in between chapters yeah. where he's talking about this because you know oh, they're gonna turn up and what yeah. are they gonna do with the story and also as you realize when they do turn up you're like oh this is true so this character in this this um this university professor who's written all of this yeah i was like she's gonna turn up in the story and yeah. i can't wait for her to turn up into the story she because traveled to all the she places. obviously has been to these places or knows enough about these places yeah. but it seems to be very mysterious and when she does turn up in the book it is actually a great reveal however all of the other characters and this comes back to the uh, the, the, the um, audio book narration thing mm. that always happens is that she's American and she's always doing those chapters in an American accent mm. and so of course the first time somebody turns up you know it's with her. that American accent I was like oh this is going to be it and it's actually it's a very good reveal in the book which of course um, when you read the book you don't really yeah, have yeah you wouldn't that. get that one but it is one of those times where the, the audiobook narration kind of like it may, lets you be one step ahead it's yes. like in those books where you've been doing this act, this, this, this character you, you've been this given accent. this one it's meant to be mysterious who it is but you're just doing the same accent yeah. as the, the person who yeah 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 so uh, one second I'm going to take it. a drink I get it. Uh, that's fun. Mm. In fact, I should... Uh, uh, who did the audiobook I was, narration? I, I was going to look at this. Oh, I'm over long, you're just... Uh, you're not well prepared. You, know you didn't what? open the audible. I thought I was doing really well with my fitness here. Oh, yeah, yeah. I can, I can, <laughs> can you tell like, I'm quite your, struggling here? Your, um, your loudness level, the way you talk is so uh, much we're, quieter. We're doing the... We're doing the... Uh, we're doing uh, the uh, post-vaccine The, the post-vaccine is sort of like the late night radio version. Hey... We're doing this. Oh, it wants me to sign in. Oh, of course it does. Yeah, but I don't have my uh, I don't have my uh, my laptops under there, so I, I can't, can't just I can't just use my finger finger. I need a I want touch ID on my computer. Okay, so it's narrated by Sophie Aldred. Let me click on Sophie Aldred. Have I read other books by Sophie Aldred? She has done. Uh, it looks like she's done a lot of books. Uh, she's got 125 books here. I'm not going to read through all of them. It's really funny. She's, she's done quite a few Brandon Audible Sanderson show books. You, uh, um, the, the books that you've read by her somewhere. Yeah, you can go through there. Oh, she did Shards of Earth by Adrian Tchaikovsky. Oh, no, that's pre-order. Yeah, oh, let's have a look about what that, that book is. That feels like it's part of the Children of Time uh, no, Shards of Earth feels very much like the follow-up to this Doors book. Doors of Eden. Yes, because it's Earth is in different sections. Ah, the shards. Mm, Let me quickly have a look here. Shards of Earth is... Uh, but those who loved... Idris has never... Oh, no, it looks like it's the first uh, installment in the Final Architecture Trilogy. Um, uh, okay. It's so it's a it's a new series it's a coming different out. Different series coming out. Okay, uh, coming out this month on the twenty seventh. Oh wow! Okay, cool. Um, so maybe I can get another Agent Tchaikovsky novel <laughs> after this. One. Right in. So here's the thing: there's a lot of the setup to this book is really interesting. Yes. That there are doors into other worlds yes. where there's different intelligences. Yeah. And. I was really interested in those other intelligences. I yeah. was really interested in the doors. I was really interested in the, those people coming over to meet us. You know, yeah. like the bird people come across here. Yeah. Um, and 
and here's the thing though and i enjoyed all the the chapters leading like explaining those kind of things and leading up to it yeah however all of the viewpoint characters are human oh okay i wanted you wanted to be in the head of a a creature what i liked about children of time and children of ruin is that the human characters are these people off to the side right the the human characters are in in one of the books is are in space in long term cryo storage for most of the book because they are waiting around for the the, the population of spiders to, to to evolve to evolve yeah and so there's so the human characters are like yeah side characters yeah And uh, in the other book, there are some human characters, but like a lot of the time you're spending with Phil the octopus. Is it Phil the octopus? <laughs> That's so great. Why? Why wouldn't you spend time with Phil the octopus? Look, they're really good. And in this book, I wanted to be spending time with the trilobites in space, the 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 cats who have trained, who <laughs> used the toxoplasmosis to train apes. <laughs> I wanted to hang out with the birdmen. I wanted to hang out with the Neanderthals because there's Neander one of them is one of the groups is one of the sidelines is Neanderthal yeah. groups. That's like that's the closest one to us because you know that's yeah. you know only a hundred thousand years ago is when oh each time there's like a split so you can go you there's a, a time where it splits off where like oh we stick with that timeline or not before right. so the further you go back the 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 further the splits are that go off and they be the These other things and become... you can make the decisions what like the, the the people that no no but it's kind of portals. looking back through the fossil record in the different places you're like oh this is when the fossil record oh, okay. and the history started diverging yeah uh, and so the the neanderthals is about hundred thousand years ago yeah and and they also have like their own legend of the humans <laughs> like as humans but the humans died out and they're like did we get what did we do the genocide or did they just happen <laughs> oh, to die no. out and they're like mm, not quite sure yeah like, so i wanted to spend more time with the rat people because there's there's also rat people okay there's uh, neanderthals there's birdmen there's um you know all these the trilobites and these all these different things i wanted to spend more time with them in this book is an Adrian Tchaikovsky is like, oh, I'm going to just write human characters this time. And all we ha spend time with is human characters. <gasps> the human characters are mostly fine. Are yeah. mostly okay. Yeah. He's working really hard to be, to make them interesting. <laughs> And he's got, he's got, like I say, this, the, two of the main people are like a, uh, um, like this young lesbian couple who are yeah. on adventures and one of them goes off and lives yeah. with the lives with the bird people for four years and stuff and that's an interesting story and they yes. they're, they're, that story is kind of interesting for the first quarter of the novel and then they're just hanging out for a while yeah then you've got this i was gonna say couple they're not a couple but there's this full kind of thing where there's this the two people who work together he's a an mi six or mi5 operative and she's an analyst mm -hmm. and she she gets through oh one of the one of the intelligences of these fish intelligences which made computers out of ice or something with bacteria and ice and then they're then all the oceans were freezing and like oh we'll just upload our our intelligence into yeah. this ice yeah. into this ice uh, computer um i i know i'm interrupting well, what yeah, you no, just said on. but um i i want to point out that it feels more like a, a short story collection 
No, no, it really isn't. It really isn't a short no? story collection. Okay. There are just loads and loads of different ideas in this book. Okay. And Adrian Tchaikovsky, being someone who studied psychology and zoology, yeah. is really good. Full with just ideas. Full of ideas. Any single one of these alternate histories or alternate human, like no, not in humans, alternate earth intelligences mm. could be it's an entire short story or it could be an entire novel's worth and he's got so many of these ideas and he's put them just all in this one book <laughs> and i really like the idea that all of these things like the barriers between all these different worlds are breaking down yeah and we've got to get get together a crew of different people for or different not people and not even people different intelligent Cre- yeah. uh, earth-based intelligence species, species creatures, and creatures, civilizations creatures. we all got to get together to sort out this problem because and, all of them have that, a problem. And weirdly enough, that's the book I wanted. Yeah. But actually what this book is, is this collection of human characters just getting up to shenanigans. <laughs> and and I was like, oh, this feels very much like a like urban fantasy mm. book. Mm-hmm. And it is an urban fantasy book for a big chunk of it. Sort of like, oh, weird things. You can have different portals going through to different realms like Narnia yeah. in, in London and these yeah. different things turn up and yeah. it felt very much like that and i re- made a note of that and then i also made a note when in the book itself addresses it exactly like dead on and they say hey this is feels very much like a fantasy story and they're like ah but it's not it's actually some science behind it and they're like yeah but like um, sufficiently advanced science is indistinguishable from magic and this might as well be this and they're they're name checking doctor who they're mm. name checking narnia like yeah. oh we've got to go how do i get home tell me where the and he sort of like almost said where the wardrobe is, but actually he meant where the portal was or, oh, or, or, or where this other kind of thing. Yeah. Um, she lives with this uh, lives with this uh, um, dinosaur. The birdmen are like dinosaur, like avian dinosaur yes. kind of things. I just need uh, to look up something and, up. And they talking. and one of the words they keep saying is like the people who don't understand any English, they only know like three or four phrases, and one of them is clever girl. And you're like, oh, so so. Jurassic Park exists like the movie Jurassic Park exists in the world yes you know what I mean yeah 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 this is full of pop culture references (laughs) literally at one point they go through into this other into this other realm and they're like oh the answer to the life universe and everything is 42 or 42 is the answer to the question of life universe and everything yes it goes through the and so this book exists in a world which is acknowledges that it's a science fiction book. It acknowledges that it's playing with alternate timelines. It acknowledges that it's playing in a world where science fiction exists. Yeah. Uh, which is okay. Oh no, what was I saying before you interrupted me before saying this is a short story? Um, that that can work. But what, oh yeah, what I'm trying to say is that like that only works because I'm human. And what I like so much about Adrian Tchaikovsky's other books is that it was letting me glimpse into a world which was more interesting than my own. Yeah. Because that world which was more interesting than my own is is inhabited by spiders or octopuses. Yes. And I felt that I was was viewing this world, all these other worlds, only through point of view characters, which were human... And kind of in some ways, some of them less interesting than myself. <laughs> and I know that's very, like, just making, I know I, it's, it's, this is very, very privileged position for me to be writing from, but like, you can't just make two characters gay 
and that that become their defining characteristics and then not having them interesting enough to be taking part in the rest of the story yeah like it's very good like the start of this book with mal and lee is very good because they're young they're teenagers they're rebellious like their parents don't understand that they're girlfriend and girlfriend they just yeah. think they're good friends and like yeah, they yeah, yeah. like that all of that kind of stuff is interesting at the start of the book but there's this turning point in the middle of the book where they're having all of these shenanigans around London, like going through different portals and going into different buildings and, <laughs> okay. and aliens, not aliens, but like other other intelligent species turning up. And it, was, and it felt like interesting, like, you know, caper around London with port not time portals, but like different portals and chases and bad guys and then other bad guys turning up and you're like, oh, which bad guys are you? Like, who are, <laughs> like, are you enemies or you're not enemies? And there's like this, um, this guy called, what's his name? Rose. Daniel Rove, who is like the bad guy, okay. um, the you know the cartoon villain kind of bad guy. <laughs> which I'll talk a bit more about him in a bit, and all of this kind of stuff. And then all of that kind of wraps up about halfway into the book, and they're like, now we're going to get the crew together, mm. and the crew has some of these uh, other species on it. Yeah, but they're not the viewpoint characters. Okay. But then there's literally conversations where like, hey, we're all going to go on this really important mission. Who wants to come along? And they're like, I don't think I've got very much to contribute. I'd like to go along anyway. I don't think this person is going to do anything helpful. Uh, let's go along anyway. So all of the characters that you've had so far in the book, some of which are well written up into that point, some mm. of which are interesting and otherwise, you know, interesting characters doing jobs. Yes. They're all just brought along on this mission. And I'm like, there's a rat person there. Give me some point of view stuff from the rat person. There's a Neanderthal there. There's a space trailer bite. There's a, you know, all these other kind of intelligences. Yes. There's this ice intelligence, which can, you know, hack into any computer system because there's no physical security because like literally you can just come through at any point on earth like there isn't any physical security okay like, all of this really interesting characters suddenly is all subsumed by this cast of human characters mm. who are individually interesting people like they're having interesting stories but a lot of them are side characters so in this book, you have got like two main characters that you spend time with who are actually do by the end of the book doing stuff and making decisions. Yes. And then six side characters who are also viewpoint characters, who, which are human. Mm. And I'm like, a lot of this could have been, a lot of this storytelling could have been accomplished by some of those viewpoint characters not being pointless humans now their individual stories are interesting there's this guy this like this this um intelligence operative yeah. who is who he's introduced to someone who likes to think of himself as james bond oh. but, it, but it, he he isn't james bond because he mostly just sits in an office you of know and, and directs security operations yeah. and isn't out in the field at all yeah and then his analyst who spend a lot of time together. And I'm like, this is a couple. They're like getting together to watch Netflix. And they, he goes around and cooks a dinner. But then they both have other partners. She's got two kids and a partner who she's separated for. And he's got a wife. And I'm like, oh, no, they're in love with each other. But their work colleagues who are in love with each other, who who aren't acknowledging that or who have never admitted to themselves. Yeah. And then like three quarters of the way book, they're like, that. he's like, I've got to admit, we might 
oh, I am, I do love her. And that, like, you know, that uh, kind of thing. So, oh, I guess I've got to do. And so there's a whole will they, won't they kind of thing going on. <laughs> now, individually, that story is interesting. And it's very, it's a very touching story about yeah. that interaction between two people who are in love with each other, but they come together at the wrong part of their life. You yes. know, that they both already have partners. Yes. One of them's already got kids and a, and a husband who is actually look, pretty much looking after the kids full time. And she's you know, absorbed in work. And, yeah. But that, like these two people who like are introduced as people who go around each other's house and cook each other meals and sit down and watch netflix together but they're not the cu- they're not a couple yeah but obviously they're a couple yes but they're not a couple you know like the story to oh and the, the, some of these other characters like there's this one guy who is a who is like the bodyguard or a security operative for the main bad guy for mm. this uh uh rove um Daniel Rove and it's sort of like yes he's an interesting character and is doing interesting stuff and is and yes. you need these and viewpoint we... characters when crazy stuff is happening you're like oh shit what's that and yeah. Neanderthal oh shit yes. what's that a bird man like you need people to be in the oh shit moment yeah. but when the story actually really kicks off like what are we doing about this collapsing timelines kind of thing yeah. we need to get together a group of people and there are Neanderthals and there are Birdmen there are Ratmen and there are yeah. Space Trilobites yeah. and there's Ice Intelligences what's the rest of this cast doing here? And literally they have a conversation like, oh, I'm not contributing very much. I'm just hanging out. What are you doing? Well, I'm not sure. I just didn't want to miss out on this kind of thing. I'm like, no, no. And and that's what I found most frustrating about the second half of this book. So basically, if we would have a book um, where we wouldn't have, where you wouldn't know that Adrian Tchaikovsky is really good with uh, the, the creatures. Yeah writing the creatures yeah. and writing the psychology of the creatures and the yeah. the viewpoint characters. Uh, you, you would basically just have a um, a, a typical heist kind of yeah. book. That's kind of what it is at the start. But thing. one thing that I just want to say is a little bit, all the caper stuff and all the thriller stuff and all yeah. the chases, yeah. Too ma- because you can go through portals, too many of them are resolved by literal de- deus ex machina. Like literally the machines of the gods come out and solve the problems for right. the human characters. Yes. Like when they're saying, oh, this trilobite is so big, it's like a god or, yeah. you know, whatever the intelligence is, which, you know, created so, all these portals or created all this kind of stuff and doing that. It's godlike technology. Yes. And then that and I think- unexplainable godlike technology just comes through and just sort of like, oh, you need this information. Oh, we'll just have the ice computer, which can go through all the different things. We'll just have someone of that and they can just have this information in their brain. And that any question that anybody has can just be solved just by asking questions. You yes. Know? I think... Um- Again, here I'm obviously getting back into territory of defending the authors. No, no. But well, I want to say, just ask questions. Ask the questions. Go I, I want to say uh, it feels like uh, by writing it like this, he just basically shows <laughs> that humans are sorry about this. Yeah. That humans um, are just the um, the thing that just muddle along because they don't have to com- don't have anything to contribute. No, no, they, uh, that isn't that isn't the thing. The thing is. He's decided to write a story. And what I want from Adrian Tchaikovsky isn't a story told only from humans' point of views. Right. I want those other point of views. Yes. Like, and he does a little bit in this book, yeah. but I just wanted way more of that. Yeah. And when you've got a book with six viewpoint characters... That you can choose from. That, 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 no, uh, six human viewpoint characters... Yeah why six there's other there's like six different species to go around Mm, here mm. once you get past that halfway of the book give me and what i think he's it feels like he wrote himself into a corner Mm. by setting up the book told from human point of views like isn't this crazy that all these different creatures are coming over to our world and we're getting stranded in their world and telling that all from a human point of view is a good story setup yeah the second half of the book is 
like I got to the end of the book and they, they get to this thing where I'm like, wow, this feels like we're wrapping up the story and there's still like three hours to go over the audiobook. And I don't want to get into why because there is other clever stuff going on at the end there. Yeah. But a, like 80% of the climax of this book are groups of people sitting around discussing how they're going to solve problems. Mm-hmm. And then you don't actually ever see them do it because that's all happening in like it, in, it, in the magic world. Yes. Like it's happening in, in the in the realms where like, oh, we need to work out what the plan is. And there's some people doing mathematics and there's some there's an expert. There's this um, uh, one character, Kay, who is uh, a transsexual woman a scientist who was working for the intelligence agency who also realized that oh if we go through these portals no no uh no information is secure nothing nothing can be safe if you can get like if you can turn 90 degrees out of the system if you know what i mean or if there's a there is a uh, a way into a system 90 degrees away from all different uh uh all our different um what do you say our, our three dimensions that we have here if there's a way in it's like something with two dimensional and you're like, oh, it's secure. You can't get around into this thing. It's sort of like, no, you just drawn a box or you just drawn a square around this thing on a page. It's sort of like, no, but you can't get to it from anywhere. And you're like, yeah, but we're in 3D world and on we can look at it. We can look at it from above and we can look at it from below. Yes. Just because you've in, in Flatland, you've yes. just drawn a square around something in Flatland. Yes. Anything else on the page can't cross that line into it. So that's what she right. was doing. Yeah. As this, you know, someone who'd worked for her, and that's where one of the characters who is doing security operation for her and that get sucked in. It all anyway, comes together. It all comes together. And she is like, oh, what mathematics am I going to do? And they discuss that. And then she goes away and does the mathematics and then comes back and that didn't work. What else are we going to do? So it's lots of people on this, you know, getting together. Discuss, and this is 80% of the end of the book. Okay. Is people getting together to discuss what they want to do and it's going to no matter what they're going to do is going to take about a week so or like each time they try something is going to take a week yes. so it's lots of people sitting around and i'm like why are we spending time with these six viewpoint with the waiting characters people instead of literally with waiting the around and in some ways that's quite nice because this character this couple who were like will they won't they get yeah. together and stuff yeah. we can spend some time with them and see how their relationship develops we can spend some time with the henchman of the bad guy to see ah oh, you know this very ambiguous morality that he's had yeah. like is he going to do the thing where he turns against his boss at the end or is he not going to go against yes. you know that spending some time with these characters in this kind of sitting and waiting time but you only want some of it And not Why are we or, only spending time hanging out with the human characters yes. when there's literally Neanderthals hanging around there? There's rat people. There's godlike trilobite, space trilobite. You know, like there are other more interesting things to be spending with. And it's mm. okay to have unrequited love and will they, won't they storylines mm. going mm. on. And it's okay to have like, oh, these this this young lesbian couple who were split apart for four years and getting back to know each other after four years apart. Yeah. It's nice. It's fine but it just didn't feel i didn't i wasn't getting out of someone who studied zoology and psychology enough of what i think he's capable of giving me mm. and in children of ruin he gave me everything that i wanted yeah 
That's why I gave the book four and a half stars. Now, yes. if I was just reading this book as sort of like someone who, who's, if, if I was reading this book as someone who likes urban fantasy and yeah. was like, oh, here's a science fictional take on urban fantasy. Yeah. And like the end of this book sets up another thing where I'm like, oh, like if I was going to read continuing adventures in this world, great. You know, there's that kind of stuff. But when you're at this place where like we're going to get a team, we're going to get the crack team, we're going to get the best Neanderthal scientists, we're going to get the best rat species scientists mm -hmm. we're going to get the best um ice intelligence species and we're going to get the best uh, mm. uh you know we'll get space trail of, we're going to get them all, all them together, together and we're going to go on this adventure and we're going to work out what we need to like which universe we need to get to to solve this problem and that's what they're doing at the end of this book mm. and you're like ah and we're only going to see this from the kind of useless not very interesting point of view character like no again It's not that they're not interesting or uh, characters. It's that in comparison, what are they? What are they contributing to the end of the story yes. compared to all of these other non-human characters? Yes. Now, this might seem like a minor quibble in a book, but in the end, this did become the overriding thing which stopped me enjoying the end of this book. Okay, because I'm just not that interested in spending so much time with the human characters. Yeah, if they aren't. If they aren't contributing and they're not that interesting, which brings me down to um, this uh, um, uh, Rove, Daniel Rove in this book. Now, mm. we watched this movie on Netflix, this Space Sweepers. Yes. And they had, who was the guy? Who, the, who was, the, the was it Richard crazy, Armitage? Crazy who, who, genius guy. Who, yeah, who was the guy who had created the, some, I can't remember what he had created. The, this but, the second Earth, Mars Yeah, thing he was going and, off to Mars yeah. and... The, the the crazy rich white person who only wants white people to come and live uh, on Mars with him. Yes. It's like, it can, for me, that can work in a movie because sometimes you just want the cartoon villain. Like, yes. you've got to have something... He's like the, that the, the cartoonish... Crazy guy. Yeah. And and I would recognize and I would recommend Space Sweepers yeah, as a movie because it it's it's fun. It's, it's dumb. It's fun. It's but fun. Yeah, there's some interesting stuff going on there. Yes, and you'll recognize half the actors from some things, and the other half of the actors you're like, is this a crazy famous person from South Korea? That, well, but like, it doesn't matter yeah. to me. That didn't matter no, no, to me. But it, it was made just, it, uh, it made it more fun. Really fun. Not quite knowing, like like if a if a main character turns up in a movie in. In a, in a British movie or in a, in a Hollywood movie, you know, like, oh, this person is a cameo and they can get away with acting a bit crazy yeah. because it, 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 they're, they're obviously doing a cameo thing or they're going to turn into a main character. But when it's like so many actors from all over all over the place and so many South Korean actors, I'm like, oh, I don't know if this person's going to be you like a main character. You don't know if this person's going to die soon. Yeah, yeah, not. that kind of thing. <laughs> so... And, you, and also you're like, is this just crazy because it's South Korean tendencies and no, I have not watched really, enough K-pop? Really, I don't know. It was just well, a really fun, uh, a fun quirky movie. comedy Anyway, so movie. there's the, the main, in that case, it was Richard Armitage who was playing the, the, the main crazy racist guy. No, yes. in this guy, in this movie. It's, this book. It's, sorry, in this book. Um, <laughs> the, uh, the Doors of Eden. Doors of Eden. Uh, our Rove is like this super high. No, this book was written probably in 2019 or whatever. Yeah. The, the the main guy is pretty much like this conservative right wing billionaire guy who was also like a, a, a big believer in Brexit. And this, the I don't, kind of don't <laughs> want to get too much into what happens at the end of this book, okay. but it kind of revolves around the cartoon villain view of Brexit. Okay. It's like the Nigel Farage, <laughs> but not Nigel, not not a political <laughs> person, although he is connected politically and yes. stuff. And so a lot of the start of the book, they're like, ah, oh, this this guy's connected up. And the police are like, look, we keep getting these 
things handed down from the head of the home office or the head of the whatever it is yeah. to stop investigating this guy because he's you know he's in with the he, he has the he's in with the Tories or yeah, whatever yeah, yeah. like that and then the and then there's a switch of government and he's in with the new guys as well mm. and the and the chief of police is like look I'm going to give you this folder which doesn't exist but I happen to have been collecting this stuff together <laughs> and I'm not telling you you should look at it and I'm not telling you you're not allowed to look at it because yeah. if you if I did and you looked at it you'd be disobeying an order yes. but I'm not allowed to order you to look at this file and I'm not I and I'm also not going to yeah. I'm not oh yeah I'm just going to leave you this file you know so there's a lot of yeah. this kind of stuff so he's all connected now this would this I didn't mind all of this at the start but by the time you get to the end mm. it's so laughable what his evil plan was and in the end he's not even the main villain he's like this like there's bigger things going on yes of course the earth and is going to collapse book, it's fun like it's fine yes. it's it's this like There's it's, it's fun... okay but again it made every like with that along with all the different references to jurassic park yeah and the hitchhiker's guide to the galaxy Makes it more trivial. And Doct- yeah it trivialized everything in this book this yeah. book is one a book which i like i'm not saying that i wanted this book to take itself more seriously than it did uh-huh. but it's kind of a pity to see an author playing around mm. and like like I wouldn't even say experimenting but like having all these fantastic ideas like the world the setup the world building is great all these chapters where we introduce these different you know intelligences are great like everything about this book could have been great but it's it's continuously trivialized by having a cartoon brexiteer villain yeah uh And and also these characters who again just I, like I enjoyed spending time with all the characters. Yeah. And I enjoyed the world setup, but it felt like, look, if you just want to do a dumb urban fantasy with these same characters doing this same yeah, story, yeah. you could have done it without all of like trying to insert all the hard science fiction stuff. Yes. Like if it was a book, which was like a crazy adventure where you do have a cartoon villain, which can work like, yeah, like the, totally. the, you can have villains in like uh, like a, you know, like a Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It doesn't matter what the motivations of the villains are. Yeah. It's about the fun capers that you get going through portals and meeting up with Birdmen and Neanderthals. Great. Go for it. I yes. wouldn't. I would have actually enjoyed that a lot more. Yeah. And this cast of characters, of human characters, would have been perfectly fine in there. Yes. Including, including the Brexiteer, you know, the hard cartoon Brexit, uh, you know, cartoon villain. Would yeah. have, it would fit fine with this same cast of characters, along with his henchmen, along with the young yeah. lesbian couple, yeah. along with the in love couple who, you know, work colleagues who weren't admitted, you know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. That would all work as its own book. And also all the hard science fiction, the zoology, psychology thing with all the portals. Could also and work the, as its the, own story. Uh, yeah, that could all work as well. Yeah. But I think what he's done is tried to mash these two things together, each of which I would enjoy by itself. Mm. But it, they, for me, this book didn't work together. Okay. The first half I enjoyed in one way because it felt like, you know, urban fantasy capers around. Yeah. The second half of the book I enjoyed in a different way, which felt like more hard science fiction. Let's talk about some big concepts. And that's all what happens at the end of the book, which I've not gone into at all. Yeah. But that's all really good chunky stuff there, too. Unfortunately, it's populated by a cast of guys who are on this cast of, you know, English you know, middle class English people who were perfectly good for trips down to Devon mm. and to go up to Scotland and to have adventures in the, you know, in tunnels underneath yeah. London. Great. But they didn't fit at the end of the book. And it felt like I was wasting time with these when bigger things were going on. Right. And that bigger things going on 
was yeah was weighed down by these characters mm. so that's why i think that the main failing of this book is individually both parts of the book i mostly enjoyed but i was getting more and more aggravated at the end of this book and i felt like i was wasting time mm. with these characters at the end of the book and the characters also felt like they were wasting time we're like oh we've got to wait around for a week what are we going to do oh we're just going to sit up here and look at the sunset and we're going to go over here and have conversation we're going to wait around And all that while and being laying in bed and with I don't want to and there's other things I want to mention about this which I'm going to talk to you about which I don't want to give away on this podcast but yes. I'll I'll mention it to you after we finish recording yeah um uh And even me saying, even me bringing up the kind of thing I might talk about, which would also spoil what's going on at the end of this book. But as it was happening, I was like, ah, I think I see where this is going. And it's doing it in a way which isn't satisfying. And then mm. it did go in that way. And I was like, ah, that's why I found this unsatisfying mm. for this, literally this last hour of me listening to this audio book. Like, why... Like, that was annoying that I had to sit through this. Right. And I felt myself getting aggravated, also in bed, sweating like anything, and free, ultimately freezing, freezing, freezing cold and asking you to get me a hot water bottle and snuggling up to you and annoying you with how much I'm shivering by snuggling up to you because I just wanted your heat. I wanted your no, body you heat. Were heat. You were warm. Yes, I was radiating heat at you, but also I wanted your body heat. In the, and I was like, you can go away from me if you want. And you're like, yep. And you're like, oh, right, really? <laughs> I thought we were doing some nice snuggling. And then as soon as I said, oh, if you're not comfortable, you can roll away from me. You're like, I'm out of here. Um <laughs> So no, don't worry about it. Don't don't apologize. It was just interesting. All right, we've gone fifty nine minutes. Let's yes. wrap this up. I'm giving this book, yeah, dun, 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 dun. like two and a half stars. Oh, okay. Like it, no, maybe th no. Let's give it three it stars. It feels like a free three. Yeah, star let's give it three book. stars because there was enough in this book that I enjoyed. Yeah, and then there was, but also it was all both sides of the book. The urban fantasy stuff was weighed down by the the the, the science fictional elements yeah. of it. And then, but the science fictional elements were trivialized by only spending time with humans, cartoon and villains, pop culture, pop culture references, yeah. and like in this way, like if you're going, oh, Narnia, whatever, mm. like uh, it's okay for, for that to be a, an acknowledged reference. Mm. But also, if if you're really talking about the all of the universe, all of the all different alternate world timelines collapsing and it being the end of everything. Mm. I want people to be a little S bit more, more severe. Well, not severe, but just like take it more seriously. Yeah. Like what are these what are these kids doing here? Yeah. Like they're like, oh we thought they'd come along for the adventure. That's fine. Yeah. That can be fine. But yeah. it, again, there's just this just this mismatch yes. of of the stakes the stakes involved like it, that's always the thing that annoys me about like every superhero movie all this kind of stuff like why is it always about the end of the world why mm. is like if these people don't survive mm. every everybody dies or yes. and sometimes i don't want that to be the conclusion of yeah. every book yeah, it's not every book not every story yeah. <laughs> where there's a hero the hero has to save the entire world sometimes if it's a fast and furious movie i just want to see some car chases i yeah. just want to see some street racing and they're like we've got to save this because of nuclear weapons i'm like no nuclear weapons is mission impossible that's their job okay because it has to feel like an impossible mission i don't want dom and his crew of people who made their way into the world into the racing world into the world of crime stealing vhs machines from the backs of trucks <laughs> yeah. they're not the ones no, to they're, deal they're the small yeah they're not the ones to deal with nuclear weapons yeah let's get Let's get the Mission Impossible crew. Let's get yeah. Tom Cruise and Simon Pegg over here. They have all have different different um, kind of mountains yeah. to to grapple with. 
yeah to, to climb i whatever i can feel myself just collapsing you're okay you're uh, like luke never had any energy because of co- his covid shot two days ago and juliana is starting to feel hers yes her second shot it, i have trouble keeping three my eyes stars, open three stars the next book that we're going to read yeah, is is hail Pro- mary hail, what's it called project hail mary which way around is it i don't know hail mary project you, you're, the one, who, you're the one who's reading it. Anyway, it's Andy Weir. I'm reading the ebook. Project Hail Mary. I just started the audiobook last night. Yeah. And I got like five minutes into it and fell asleep. Yeah. Because I didn't have much sleep the night before. Yes. I'm like 35% into the book. Let me quickly have a look at my notes here because I realized I had some other notes. Oh, uh, yeah. Clever girl. Why is 80% of the climax book people hanging around killing time and talking about stuff? Yeah. Yeah, it's just interesting setup. Dumb chases, winding down, still four hours to go. Get the entire crew together and then 80% of the climax of the book is people sitting around talking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, just didn't just didn't hang together. Well, but... Good good audiobook narration. Yeah. Let's give props to... What was her name? Uh, Sophie Aldred. Very good audiobook narration. Cool. Otherwise, um, uh, unsatisfying because things that I would otherwise mostly... Could have mostly enjoyed put when, together when and the thing in. that I thought I wanted from Adrian Tchaikovsky and to be honest that's why I hadn't read this book before because I looked at yeah. it and was like oh Portal's a different world seems a bit urban fantasy yeah. something something yeah. and not his strong hold strong point let's strong say strong strong thing yeah. um, but there is some good stuff here friend reviews 4.22 average on Goodreads 3.9 overall average from you know the community the on community. Goodreads as well Goodreads, yeah. I had to look at some other reviews and most people really into this kind of stuff yeah four and a half stars five stars lots of four and a half and I was I actually had to search for quite a long time to find anyone else who had like a two star review which I could then kind of say uh, did other people find the same kind of yeah. thing yeah. and uh, and a few people I think did. it, it just because it has the combination i think people mostly like the combination of it people people do like urban fantasy pop culture and the species and the things and they do like the the whole yeah combination of it here's one one thing that i read one review that i read tanya berg thank heavens that's over it was so awful that i'm afraid to pick up another book lest i be put off reading altogether and at the end of the review says uh, i'm gonna look for toothpaste so i can brush my brain or to brush my brain with to wipe this out permanently and gave it two stars now i'm like hey look if you if you stop reading if you're happy this was over because you feel like you're never gonna enjoy another book ever again <laughs> and you have to scrape it out of your brain and you still give it two stars like like what are yeah, your star but, ratings yeah, but here this is individual. This so is so that's so... the thing that's why when i was looking for a, a star i wanted to find a for someone else who was just dissatisfied with it rather than hated yeah. it like i didn't hate this book yeah i was just unsatisfied dissatisfied whichever the word is yes uh, all right, let's wrap it up there. Uh, you can uh, become our friends on Goodreads, which is a great way for me to see what who all, has also read this book. If like I say Lindsay, B, uh, Ryan, Terence, Blake, Terence, I'm never going to read. If you're going to write reviews like that, I'm never going to read. Get to the end of your books. This is this is this is Terence's reviews. He says. Um, intradiegetic summary and the aptness of names that's he's he, that's t- the first section of his review what? pop stabledonian de- deference um uh, genitivity and the ambiguous title sciencing alice science fictioning philosophy multicognitive estrangement okay multicognitive estrangement part two 
sequencing Wittgenstein's lion. Look, Tchaikovsky's oh, ladder. Oh my god! The scalar sequence of intelligence expresses an idea. I propose to call Tchaikovsky's ladder. I don't know. I don't know who Terence is writing these things for. I'm glad. I'm glad that Terence is writing um, two thousand word reviews of uh, of uh, of science fiction books, but uh, I'm I'm not getting through it. Sorry, Terence. I normally enjoy your reviews, but that one you pushed a little bit too far. Tom rated it three stars. Um, well, I like the alternate evolution interludes and the opening and the opening hooks were quality. The middle of this didn't offer much science fiction substance, just a bunch of generic chase sequences where the possibility of magic escapes deflated the tension. That's what I was saying about the Deus Ex mm. Machina. Mm-hmm. This book was a step down from Tchaikovsky's other science fiction novels, which certainly doesn't make it bad. And that's again, that's yep, literally that's... thank you very much, Tom. Uh, that's pretty much my thing. It's if it's a step down, it's not bad. Yeah, it had stuff that I enjoyed, but like I say, it deflated the. the the tension was deflated by the possibility of magic and then the ending of the book was let down by it just being such a break like the ending of this book is is good in some ways but it's such a left turn from what's come from before mm. and seems to have the wrong cast of characters which i'll talk to you about in a second once we start recording right okay that's it thank you for um for supporting the podcast oh yes continuously thank you also thank for you. our Patreon supporters if you want to support this uh, support us and the podcast financially uh, you can do so by going over to patreon.com forward slash Luke Burridge which I set up for jugglers to support my juggling projects like Fight Night Combat and the video essays that I do yeah. and uh, convention vlogs and these other kind of things but uh, I'm very pleased that Science Fiction Book Review podcast listeners are also supporting us uh, through this uh, pandemic times yeah, where between the two of us we've got one part-time job <laughs> yes um, so thank and you so much to all our patreon supporters over that, on patreon.com forward slash luke burridge and that actually made it possible that i could um purchase this book that i'm currently reading because that's um, a recent book and so and that means you it's, can't get uh, it from the library yeah. that means it's a 12.99 book yeah but it, it's but it's I mean, I we could afford I, that, but it just takes out all the stress of which book are we reading next. Yeah. We don't have to worry about, yes. you know, buying ebooks or all that other kind yeah. of stuff. Just it's, uh, it's your support really d- goes directly into us enjoying science fiction more and reading more of it. Totally. All right, I'm really flagging physically here. Yes. This might have been the lowest energy podcast for a while. <laughs> yeah. And it's gone on longer than I'm I expected. Sorry. Why can? Why is it when I'm looking around and going, "Oh, we wrapped up. We should wrap it up about now." And it's exactly. I want to finish up before an hour. And I turn around. And the first time I look at the clock is 59 minutes. I was like, yeah. "Oh, I thought it was like 45 minutes." No, in. it was already long. We did spend 15 minutes talking about um, watching movies on airplanes. That is true. All right, that's it from us. Thanks a lot for listening, and we'll catch you next time. Goodbye.